This is New Home Insights, the John Burns Real Estate Consulting Podcast. I'll be your host, Dean Worley. As the title promises, we're going to bring you insights into everything housing, the latest trends, innovations, observations, and issues of the day. We'll bring in colleagues here at John Burns and also some major industry players from all across the country. This podcast is going to be quick, fun, but also hopefully make you think. So see you here every couple of weeks. Now let's get to it. Hey, this is Dean from New Home Insights. We have a little disclaimer for you before we get to our podcast this week. This is a very timely forecast kind of a podcast we have here. We're discussing the spring selling season here for 2019. So if you're listening to this weeks from now or months from now or even many years from now, we recorded this episode on April 10th, 2019. And if indeed you are listening to this many, many years from now, please put in a good word for Richard and I to our robot, our artificial intelligence overlords. We're, we're team players. All right. Now let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome to New Home Insights, the John Burns Real Estate Consulting Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Worley. Today, we are going to kind of give a catch up on the market, see how we're doing so far as the spring selling season is upon us. I'm going to have some help doing that. And as always, by help, I mean they're going to do that for me. Today, I have Jody Kahn and Devin Bachman from John Burns Real Estate Consulting. Why don't you guys give yourselves an intro? Okay, thanks, Dean. This is Jody Kahn, and I'm a senior vice president with John Burns Real Estate Consulting. Been with the company about 11 years now, and previously I had over 20 years of experience in mergers and acquisitions and developing strategy, specifically in housing. Um, at John Burns, though, I'm monitoring housing market conditions across the country, metro by metro, and giving our clients and our team the timely insights that they need. All right. And I am Devin Bachman. I'm a senior research analyst here at John Burns. I've been with the company about three and a half years now. Prior to that, I spent three years with a production builder and I help Jody um, help our clients understand the new home sales and pricing environment. Awesome. So just to reset, what we want to talk about today is just, you know, has there been a spring uptick from the, what I think we can acknowledge was a generally pretty brutal end of last year in most markets though? And if so, if there has been a change here, what has been the shape of that change so far? One of the tools that we use to do that is the National Survey of Builders. Jody, why don't you explain what that is and how we do that? Uh, so every month at the very, really the end of a month as it closes and flowing into the new month, we survey builders around the country and we're tracking information on traffic, sales, pricing, cancellation, a bunch of other statistical variables, and we also get great color in the builder's own words. In 2018, we had about 5,000 responses across the year, and it's a mix of public and private builders operating in over 80 metros. A cool part about the survey is we have a really high rate of these repeat survey participants, and that gives us a great way to compare how conditions are year over year and month over month. And then we deliver a report to clients and our team right around the fourth business day of each month, and we're reflecting back on the month that just ended. Awesome. Now, okay, so as I mentioned, things were I think I used the word brutal. I could use other adjectives about the end of last year, but this is a family podcast, <laughs> so I'm not going to. We keep it clean. Uh, just to confirm that, though, Devin, why don't you just give us a little rundown on just you know what happened in the second half of last year 
across the country in the new home market. I think to say things were brutal is putting it lightly. Um, they were very rough for most builders in most metros. We actually, though, started seeing negative year-over-year sales trends as of June 2018. We moved into July, which was roughly flat, and then followed that with seven consecutive months of declining sales on a year-over-year basis. As of our mid-month checkup with builders in September, John Burns as a company, we were actually saying we were expecting a very slow fourth quarter and that we were going to see larger-than-normal Incentives. Of course, we always expect incentives at the end of the year. Builders hoping to close homes, um, but we were expecting for a rougher end to 2018, which played out. Remember, by then, mortgage rates had risen roughly 100 basis points when you look at November over November 2017. And that new home prices in most markets had appreciated a lot for several years. In fact, some markets had seen double digit price appreciation. Um, The stock market wasn't doing very well. So really, all that adds up to just a very big affordability crunch. Yeah. So we so we can kind of tease out some of the reasons we had this this bloodbath in the fourth quarter in most markets, especially especially I thought in, in a lot of the coastal markets on the West Coast here for for sure. So some of those reasons were just those rising markets rates, and it, it seems like there was just a tremendous lack of urgency. It's like almost the the zeitgeist flipped from being almost instantaneously over just a few short months from being very much in favor of the builders to being very much in favor of the buyers, and and so we reflect to that in in the survey responses? Yeah, absolutely. Um, We saw that, like I said, starting in June of 2018 and things only got worse. By the end of the year, we were nearly 20% down on a year-over-year basis um, for new home sales in our survey. Do you think, are we moving in to a more traditional seasonality? I do think we're seeing more signs of normal seasonality this year, and that's a pretty big contrast to actually the last two spring seasons. Particularly fourth quarter 2017 was unusually strong. I mean, the fourth quarter is normally for the builders more about production and what they can close by year end. I mean, I'm not saying they don't care about sales, but usually they're super focused on production. And I remember that the builders were so surprised at this really robust activity they had at that fourth quarter, and they were not really prepared for it. And then that flowed into early 2018 with unusually strong sales in January and February. And so we could predict that the spring season was really strong. We were telling clients it was a selling season on steroids. But then fast forward to this spring, I feel like we've seen a more inconsistent start, very patchy sales, up a little, down a little, and the builders struggling to figure out why. And it also felt like a later start this year, which might have been due to some really bad weather throughout the northern and midwestern regions. I really don't know who came up with the Super Bowl as the start, but to me, <laughs> I mean, that just seems so early, maybe because I live in a, a climate currently that has snow. Yeah. And you just look around and think, who would be out traipsing around new home com- communities right now? In California, plenty of, of folks. And also the Super Bowl, it gets later. It gets, it's gotten so late now. I think that's part of it. But you're right. Uh, the Super Bowl is not the start of spring. I mean, so is it? Is it that the the... Spring selling season is kind of a misnomer. I mean, when do you expect, when do you think is the natural time for home sales to start to pick up as the year changes? 
we think the second half of March is a time when we start seeing that pickup. And statistically from the survey over 11 years of history, we can see that April and May are the peak in terms of the builder's sales rates and typically also the peak of their pricing power for the year. So the best is theoretically still ahead of us. So na- so nationally, it is fair to call it a spring selling season. I guess there's just in some of those warmer climates again, though, it, it really it, it's more natural to start a little earlier because the, the, the weather's nice and people are thinking about going out there and buying homes a little earlier in some of the other areas. But we'll see. It, it, we'll see if that if that sort of becomes more the norm, even in the uh, warmer climates going forward. How about how about so far this year? Here we are. We're well into the year now. We're into April. What do you think? How would you sort of characterize uh, the spring selling season so far? Devin, why don't you start us off there? So the spring season has continued to involve. We have seen positive momentum in builder sales rates um, so far this year on a month over month basis. We have seen gains every month since January. But I think it's really important to look back a year ago and say, while builders are telling us things are better today than they were in the fourth quarter of 2018, they're absolutely not better than they were one year ago. So yes, we are moving in the right direction, but still off our game on a year over year basis. Uh, The survey that we released looking back at March, we noted for, again, the first time in seven months, a 2% year-over-year gain, so a positive gain. I mean, really, we noticed that momentum start to occur in the second half of the month. We reached out to roughly 100 builders the first half of the month. And again, like Jody said, they said things were very patchy. Some builders were having a great month, some were okay, and really, they they gained their momentum in that second half. But what's really important to understand behind this sales environment is the pricing under environment that underlays it. So this year, only 24% of builders nationally raised prices from February to March compared to 59% last year, which is a stark difference. There are a few positives absolutely in the market today um, when you compare this cycle to the last cycle in that we still have very low speculative inventory, which the builders did not have last go around. There was a lot of speculative inventory sitting on the ground. Builders have been much more conservative this go around. And also we saw cancellations start to spike at the end of last year. And we've noticed a pullback in those cancellations and they're starting to normalize in the last month or two. When you say the last go around just a minute ago, do you mean the last downturn or last, you know, in terms of inventory, in terms of spec inventory? When, when, when is yeah. the time? Okay. That's a great question. So yeah, I'm talking about the last downturn. Prior to this cycle, we saw builders get ahead of themselves in many markets with yeah. a lot of inventory sitting on the ground, which led to heavy price cuts on incentive and lots of incentives, especially on inventory. Today, builders average roughly just below two speculative homes per community on every single month, which we really consider to be a healthy level. Yeah. So that, that, I think that inventory slash supply is a pretty critical factor too, right? I mean, we just don't have – the last go-around, as you mentioned, the last cycle, we had it kind of on both ends. We had a lot of ginned up, false artificial demand, you know, the state and income and all that kind of stuff. But we also yep. had a, a, a fairly decent flood of supply in a lot of markets. We don't have – are, are there any – well, you know what? Let's get into that one second. So let's, let's, let's start looking at the shape – of this, the the kind of the nuances of the spring selling season so far. So let's talk about some specifics about what's going on there. Let's start and let's start with geography. Then have you have you noticed? Are there any markets out there that have been particularly strong so far this year, or are kind of remaining weak, or even some that have weakened? 
Jody, want to take us through the, the map, so to speak? Absolutely. There's no question in my mind that the strongest metros are Phoenix, Austin, and Salt Lake right now. They've just had really robust sales, really, all, all year in. In Phoenix, actually, sales were even still okay in the fourth quarter, well, late in the year, when other builders and other metros were struggling. So those are at the top of the heap. The weakest continue to be Chicago, Philadelphia, and actually Orange County, although for somewhat different reasons. Chicago and Philadelphia, right? Yeah. yeah. Chicago, Philadelphia, you kind of expect, don't you? Sorry, Eagles and Bears fans. But our, our Cubs and Phillies fan, whatever your sport is. I don't know the Major League Soccer name, sorry. But uh, what about Orange County? I mean, that's, the, that's, a, that's a high-flying smile market if there is one. What's going on there? I felt like... The market really stalled largely on pricing. It really felt like the consumers across a lot of different groups just all suddenly decided there was a price ceiling and the builders had gotten ahead of their skis and bypassed that magic number. Um, We saw the Asian buyers who had been a really big part of the Orange County market for a while uh, back off, partly due to capital restrictions. But it wasn't just the Asian buyers who pulled back. So we have a lot of supply right now in Orange County, a lot of it in master plans, a lot of it priced above a million dollars. And it has been pretty slow. And I think the builders have been a little slower to correct for this in terms of really adjusting the product and pricing than we've seen in some other places. And a great example would be Seattle. Go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking it, it, that sounds a lot like a little bit like the Bay Area too, but also the Northwest is having kind of this, I don't know, price led ceiling kind of uh, slowdown. Right. I think so. Seattle was one of the first places where we saw a real stall in the market, even ahead of the Bay Area. And to give the Seattle builders credit, they did retrench. They had to clear some inventory. I'm sure that was painful. They really had to rethink what they were offering. And now that they have done this, we are seeing the Seattle sales rates increase, not just sequentially, but are now really strong year over year as well, which is great. So there's some elasticity in that market when you you mark back to market. It's almost, it it strikes me as sort of a bit, bit of a reset has happened here in this last, in the, in the second half of last year. Uh, and and now the markets that have responded to that with let's call let's be honest more market appropriate pricing are have recovered so far. Is that fair to characterize? That is really fair, and we see a number of examples. Maybe not as pronounced as Seattle in the Bay, but definitely, I agree. Okay, let's. How about any other areas that have been good, bad, and indifferent that strike you that stand out? The Midwest and the Northeast regions were late to this recovery. And so they are performing fine right now for the most part, the major metros. Washington, D.C. in particular stands out to me because they really didn't get that big pickup a year ago. And then this spring feels like they are um, having a better year. And that's great to see. Yeah. Okay. Let's switch over to how about just different market niches or niches. I have no idea how to pronounce that word. And I, I, I defy <laughs> anyone to, to settle that, that for me, please. Uh, you know, are, are there different parts of the market in terms of price point that, again, same thing, done better, done worse? Devin, want to take a crack at that? Absolutely. And instead of niches, which is a hard word to say, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to choose buyer profiles and talk okay. to you about the difference by buyer profile, because by price point and by segment, they are 
absolutely all in different places today. So, so you're going to dodge, you're going to dodge the, I'm gonna the, dodge niche, the niche, bullet. <laughs> niche controversy. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so first of all, we have the entry level and really today, Jody and I think of the entry level almost in two different segments. So you have the very much the bare bones entry level, which is you go in, there's few, very few floor plans to choose from. Features are fairly standard and basic across all homes. And then you have your more traditional upscale entry. Price points are still on the lower end, but you pick the home, you pick the finishes, you pick the lot, et cetera. We are still seeing very robust sales rates at that those bare bone entry level communities that are often in more tertiary locations. But the upscale entry level, even though price points are lower, some markets we've seen some softening this year. Um, and that, that did give us some cause for concern because for a long time, no matter what segment of the entry level you were talking about, it was performing robustly. Yeah. The next segment um, is the move up segment. And that is absolutely slower year over year, but it's not just year over year. It's for a while now in several markets, it has just gotten extremely competitive at move up price points, which is going to attribute to slower sales rates when you slice that buyer pie thinner and thinner and thinner. And then yeah. it's, it's where, I mean, it's, it's where everybody has to be, isn't it? Where they have, right. where, where deals pencil. Exactly. Whereas it's, it's tougher to get that entry level stuff, but there's just a, such a hungry market for that. Exactly. I agree. Okay. And then surprisingly to us, very well located luxury product in certain markets is actually doing okay. We're seeing now not over the top sales rates that you see in the entry, but decent sales rates when the builders get it right on all the fronts. Now I don't. We 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 try not to be very political here, of course. But do you think? I mean, we do have kind of this bifurcated economy. Yes. Where we have there is there's a, a lot of folks at the top who have money to burn. You think that's what's still driving that that luxury market? I do, and I think the the recovery that we've seen in the stock market and the continued strong performance into this spring season has helped that as well as the 55 plus market. Yeah. So we have seen a strong pickup this spring in 55 plus active adults, um, move down age targeted product, which we tie to that performance stock market performance, as well as the luxury product. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That, and also their equity position is kind of their two biggest considerations. Right. Absolutely. So definitely differences by price point. <laughs> okay. How about purely in terms of prices and incentives? How is the market? I mean, we've already heard a lot that price has been critical and and marking your your homes down, quote you know, down to market has been to some degree a winning strategy in a lot of these markets. What's the what's kind of the shape of of prices and incentives so far this spring, Jody? I'd say that year the best indicator we have through the builder survey is that. On a year-over-year basis, net price appreciation has slipped from 6% or even slightly above 6% last year to just under 5% nationally in our latest survey, with obviously some big differences region by region. So for example, Northern California and Southern California, we've seen those rates decelerate to only 1% to 2% appreciation year-over-year, but a year ago, they were running really strong above the national average. I'd say the good news is that price and cuts and incentives are working where builders are using them. I already gave the Seattle example. Um, you're aware, I know, Dean, of some examples in Northern Cal, which is definitely helping boost the sales. And ultimately, as the builders get more secure in the sales and more predictable, I think they will test 
some price appreciation. Also, just the, to be clear, Jody. Yeah, go ahead, Jody. Real quick, just to be clear. Now, you so so appreciation has slowed markedly, but there has been many instances where it's it's out absolutely negative price chains, where it's depreciation, where people are doing true price decreases. Am, am I correct? That is absolutely true. So we've seen some incentives in some markets that have been pretty heady, $50,000, $100,000 off of speculative inventory that the builders still need to clear. But on the flip side, we've seen examples sometimes even in the same markets where a builder may only be having to offer the closing costs. So like in the Southwest, for example, this is a region I already called out as having really strong sales. Yeah. And yet the incentives are just part of being in the business. Hmm. Even with great sales, the builders are offering incentives. They're stable. They're predictable. The builders can factor them into their budget, but they're not going away. But they're working. That's good. So it's, it's kind of business as usual in some of those some of those stronger markets like, like Phoenix you mentioned. But overall, it's fair to say right. that incentivizing has been a, a big, big part of, of the season so far. Right. And I think one of the... Uh, misconceptions is that the incentives are only in the move-up segment. No, I'd say they're also abundant in the entry segment. And what may have started as incentives on some spec inventory has also been contagious to the pre-sales, meaning even to-be-built homes, we know builders are offering elevated incentives to boost their sales. That's interesting. How about any other impacts from from this kind of slower market out there that you worth noting? Probably the main thing that builders are talking about is that their labor and materials costs have eased a bit. We just measured this in our latest survey, and from about 7% appreciation in costs a year ago, we've shifted down to about 5%. And the big leading factor there was a pretty pronounced shift in the lumber costs decelerating. So the, to be clear, the lumber prices are still rising, but not like they were. Okay. But labor has, has eased back a bit. A bit. Okay. That's a, I, that's a, I'm a relief to a lot of folks out there, but I'm sure most of them are still looking for more on, on, on that front, I imagine. They're hoping, they're hoping, their fingers crossed. Let's talk about, we'll finish out with just kind of our outlook now for the rest of the year. Devin, why don't you t- take, a, take a, a stab at kind of just build our expectations here in the second half of 2019. What do we see happening ahead here? So just as we talked about a minute ago, builders are expecting a drop off in demand in the second half of the year. As you've mentioned, it's a return to that seasonality that we do our, see the strongest sales in the spring. And slower in the summer and then moving to a a definite slower second half of the year. Jody and I have hypothesized that this might be the last breath in the marketplace, that really builders, both public and private, are pushing volume over price at this point. They have aggressive plan to meet, sales plans to meet, and also their bonuses are on the line to get those volume. And something else that people don't always necessarily think about is that builders are concerned about losing their trades. They worked very hard to secure the labor they needed to build their homes, and they don't want to not have enough demand that they are going to then lose that trade to competition or other builders in the market. So that that tells us that we're going to see some continued softening in price and prices, whether it's just deceleration of appreciation or outright depreciation, because we're going to be favoring volume. We need to get those homes sold. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. 
Jody, what do you, what do you think? We're going, what are you going to be looking for in the uh, our surveys here the rest of the year? De- Devin already mentioned the easier sales comps that we'll be tracking through year end, uh, which will very likely show some improvement over the summer and maybe even through the end of the year. But what we're really watching is very limited price improvement. Despite the stronger sales rates now and some lower cancellations, even the normalizing inventory, the builders are telling us that they have not backed off on incentives yet. In fact, frankly, a lot of them seem nervous to try. I think they're worried that if they are the ones who tap the brakes on the incentives, they're going to be losing those sales to their competition. And clearly, as we just said, they're all pushing for volume in the first half of the year. I really feel like both builders and buyers have become very reliant on incentives. This is late in the year to first be tapping the brakes. So I'm thinking we're going to see continued weak pricing through the end of the year. And and do you think in continued incentivizing, even increasing incentivizing? Perhaps even increasing incentives as we move into the slower part of the year. Yeah, everybody's pushing to get their volume. And if that has to happen in the first half of the year, you can understand why they're afraid to tap the brakes right now. Is it, is it almost psychological, though, in the sense that, like you said, buyers expect incentives, wheeling and dealing, you know, free options and upgrades and stuff like that? When is it when is the reset move those kinds of things back to normal because prices have been kind of marked to market? Is that is that going to happen? Is that happening? I'm thinking it might not happen this year, actually. We would normally see the builders signal to the consumer that the prices are firm as of January, other than a very limited amount of speculative inventory. This year, that just did not happen. And here we are at the beginning of April, and we're still talking about really weak pricing. Uh, we do still have the what will statistically be the peak of the season in April and May, I suspect that we'll see the builders test pricing only in their very best locations and where they feel pretty confident. And in their other communities, they're probably not. So net-net, we might see very limited price appreciation this year. Well, let's end it on that fabulously optimistic note there. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I think okay, I have one good. Well, okay. Nope, that's bad too. Never mind. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I, I think it's fair to say that, that that you know, so far, like we, it has been a solid season. If that's, that's a maybe a fair adjective, it's not been spectacular. It's been a bumpy ride, but things have certainly gotten better than a, a, a you know a pretty nasty second half of last year. Although we do see see things remaining fairly soft for the rest of the year, is that is that a fair characterization? I think so. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, let's end it on that. Not quite as you know, go get the noose kind of note for <laughs> for our listeners. And let me thank thank both Devin and Jody guys. Thanks so much. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us, Dean. Absolutely. So next time, please give us a a listen. Until then, we will see you later. I'm Dean Worley. This is New Home Insights. Thanks for listening.